0: Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Today we're talking to a man whose life has been saved by cannabis. He has a form of muscular dystrophy. His doctors loaded him up with drugs, said there was nothing more they could do, and he ended up in hospice. Joining us from the United States is David Dawson, who has written a book about cannabis titled Medical Cannabis, the Definitive Guide. He's here to tell us his remarkable story. David, good of you to join us. Thank you very much. Well, I'm happy to be here. David, what type of muscular dystrophy do you have?
1: I have a form of muscular dystrophy that's called uh, Charcot-Marie-Tooth.
0: And exactly what is that?
1: Basically what it does is it, it starts at the extremities and then works its way in towards the heart.
0: Now, what were some of your symptoms that you were experiencing prior to your diagnosis?
1: actually for for my form muscular dystrophy, it's more on the lines of basic neuropathic pain, um, big time pain at times. And essentially what the way it's it's traditionally treated is through an increasingly strong series of powerful opiates. and i I was on opiate therapy for twenty eight years. Doctors would essentially say, "Okay, well, this this particular opiate that you're on now, you, you've developed a tolerance to. We've got plenty of opiates to choose from, and what we'll do is we'll we we'll, um, change the opiate and increase the dose." So I went through a variety of opiates: uh, fentanyl, oxycodone, oxycodone, uh, Vicodin, codeine. I mean, I can I can just name a whole string and there's no real sense in doing that it's just uh this is how it's done finally they, they prescribed me a dose that was so high it caused me to have a stroke that was the last day that i walked i also lost the use of my left arm on that day
0: wow are you still uh can you walk today as a result of what has transpired since you were on the opioids
1: no no, okay. I, I, I'm in a wheelchair. Um, I have a power wheelchair sitting right next, next to me. I'm in a hotel room right now in, in Portland, Oregon, with two cats and a wheelchair. You know, this has just been my life for the past 10 years um, because of, of what, you know, medical science decided was the most appropriate approach for me.
0: After your stroke, David, what did the doctors tell you?
1: Essentially, they said... Well, they came to my deathbed. They, they said, well, we've done everything we can do, so we're going to throw him onto hospice. I was on hospice for a number of months in Arizona. My family pulled me out of Arizona, put me in a federal housing facility so that they could take care of me and, and be closer to me while I died. At the time, I wasn't really that interested in dying, so I started doing some research. <laughs> and one of the things that I researched was medicinal cannabis. I've been researching it since uh, 2010. Um, I'm actually a, a doctoral student now, a Ph.D. student at North Central University, working towards my, my Ph.D. in biomolecular psychology.
0: David, let me back up a bit. What was it like for you psychologically when you were in hospice?
1: Uh, <laughs> Um, that's a, it's a really really depressing thing and also when you're on that many opiates and, and that many drugs you you basically have it's like your synapses aren't firing properly so you, you, you don't really you, you can't really do a great deal that was when I, I kind of got into working with medicinal cannabis and I, I had a friend that from Colorado that got me some medicinal cannabis, and that just kind of turned my life around. I, I'm now, like like I say, I'm, I'm capable of uh, processing my thoughts a lot better. I'm actually a, um, a 4.0 student at my at my university.
0: Good for you. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. Now, when you started taking cannabis, what form of cannabis did you take?
1: Essentially, flour. I vaporized with, with, with flour.
0: And how soon after you started taking cannabis did you notice that it was working?
1: I guess it took me about two or three weeks to wean myself off the opiates, and I I haven't touched up a synthetic uh, pharmaceutical since that time.
0: Good for you. So you were on cannabis for two to three weeks, which allowed you to get off the the drugs that you were on within two or three weeks, and did you experience any side effects from weaning yourself off these drugs?
1: Um, I don't know if it, if the side effects were from weaning myself off the drugs, or, you know, just the fact that, that they're, you know, that, that uh, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to put this, where... The question is, are the side effects because you've weaned yourself off the drugs? Or are the side effects because... I guess the main side effect I had from cannabis was just generally a sense of well-being.
0: And how did your family react to you taking cannabis? <laughs>
1: that's, it's, that's a really interesting question because my family my my brother-in-law is a compounding pharmacist and and his first reaction when i when i said okay i'm i'm going to start going with the cannabinoid therapies and his first reaction was well i don't want to have anything to do with it i don't even want to know about it interesting uh, hm my sister well i don't know i i don't want to i don't want to get into really that much of my personal life i guess
0: okay that's that's, that's fine because
1: you know there's there's a certain stigma involved in being a medical cannabis patient especially in the midwest I, I don't know if it's that way in canada it doesn't seem to be that way here in in port in oregon but in illinois you know the the the, the conservative midwest holy cow different I mean, story hey yeah big time big time different story
0: Well, I think it's very interesting for me to to hear your story because here you have a a person who is suffering from muscular dystrophy who is on a cocktail of opiates, and these drugs can actually kill you. But as soon as you mention marijuana to someone, they just back off and think uh, you were mainlining heroin or something. It's crazy.
1: Well, see, I, I tend not to even use the word marijuana because it's it's uh, it's a racist word, and it, it has that stigma that, that has been attached to it. And marijuana was the word marijuana was actually coined by a man named Harry Anslinger in the nineteen thirties because it sounded foreign and scary. Until then, it was the the typical term was cannabis, and cannabis is the scientific name. That's, it's the more appropriate Latin. Term for the medicine. If it, generally, what I tell people, if you're going to use an M word, use medicine.
0: It's very true. Now, David, were you surprised at all when you first started taking cannabis at how quickly you felt uh, a sense of relief?
1: Well, not really, because I, in see, the, my my story is a little different because in college. I used cannabis recreationally. I realized then that, that cannabis had it, it helped with controlling my pain from the muscular dystrophy. And but after college, I, I got a job um, teaching um, teaching at, at a, universe, a little uh, a, a small private college in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. As a lark, one summer I took a job. In the casino industry, and in the casino industry, you're subject to periodic drug testing, and it's no problem if you're on opiates. You know that's no big deal, but but you pop for, for cannabis, you know, and then it's then you're out on the street. It's, so
0: it's reaper madness, what, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So essentially, what happened with me is is at that point. I got off the cannabis and did exactly what the federal government told me to do and the medical community told me to do, and that was to take the opiates. So I I was on the opiates for like 28 years until, you know, they they basically tried to kill me.
0: Now, Um, when when, when you talk to other people about the fact that you use cannabis and you have weaned yourself off the opiates within two or three weeks, what response do you get from others?
1: <laughs> it, it, that that depends on the individual and it depends on the group. Um, like doctors in Illinois, see the the problem is it's all an economic um, incentive. To and big pharma has so much power over physicians, especially in Illinois, because big pharma has bought up the three major healthcare organizations in Illinois, and are actually punishing doctors that recommend cannabis to, uh, to their patients and, and not allow them to, to go on you know, trips to Cancun for medical conventions and that sort of thing. I, actually, my doctor, the, the doctor that certified me, they cut his practice down so that he could only only take patients within a 26-mile radius uh the of the clinic that, that he worked in. This is because he prescribed cannabis to you? Because he recommended. Yeah, you don't prescribe it in the United States um, okay. because it's a schedule one drug, so it's Ooh. recommended, it's not prescribed. All right.
0: Yeah, Schedule One means it is the equivalent of heroin. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah, it's Schedule One it's considered one of the most dangerous substances that a human can ingest.
0: Which, as you know, is very foolish because there is no record of anyone dying from an overdose of cannabis. But
1: right, yeah, nobody has ever um, been. There's no way you can overdose on can. Well, actually, if to, to overdose on cannabis, you'd you'd have to eat like five thousand pounds of it.
0: Yeah, and I, I read. I don't some, know, uh, yes,
1: you can think about what five thousand pounds actually looks like. You know those big hay bales, those big. Huge round hay bales. Yeah, um, two of those are five thousand pounds. You eat five thousand. You eat two of those. Yeah, you're going to die, but it's not going to be the cannabis that, act, or you know, the, the cannabis that actually kills you. It's beca- you're going to die because you you've eaten five thousand pounds of something,
0: or else the bale fell on your head.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last. No,
0: or else the 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 five thousand uh, pound bale fell on your head. That's why you but, died.
1: yeah, there's, there's a variety of different ways of dying. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it really is an an astonishing thing that cannabis has this stigma attached to it, and uh, the demonization that has gone on for eighty years. Uh, When it has not killed one person, but the opiate drugs that you were on have killed many people. There's an opioid crisis in Canada now, and I believe also in the United States. Right. That people are dying. And uh, I believe it was Sanjay Gupta, uh, the uh, doctor who works for CNN, who said that 19 people a day die in the United States from prescription drugs. Yet nobody has died from cannabis. Yet somehow the public accepts the opioid drugs from the pharmaceutical industry, uh, but they back away with the mention of cannabis. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, well, there's two, two things I wanted, wanted to address here, and I'm trying to, trying to bring it together in my mind. The first is doctors were trained that the opiates are not addictive. You know, it, it's I mean, this is how they were trained. Uh, the second is that the the molecules that are contained within the cannabis plant are the exact same molecules as that the human body or the vertebrate body produces.
0: So we have cannabis within our system, all of, of us. Of course,
1: yeah. yeah. For example, um, there's an and endo- see, there's two groups of molecules that you have to think about here. You've got to think about endocannabinoids and phytocannabinoids. Okay. So endocannabinoids are, endo means from within, the cannabinoids that the human body produces. Phytocannabinoids are phyto meaning flower. Phytocannabinoids are the cannabinoids that the flower produces, the cannabis plant produces. Okay, and they're the exact same molecule. This was demonstrated by uh, a man in Israel named Raphael Meshulam, and he discovered that in 1992, he discovered that, that the THC molecule or the THC phytocannabinoid is the exact same molecule as the anadidamide endocannabinoid. I don't know if that made any sense, but, but the endocannabinoid is the same molecule as the phytocannabinoid. And one is produced in a plant and one is produced in the, in the, in the human in the body, body okay. or by the human body.
0: Absolutely, and doctors haven't been taught that, have they?
1: No, no, doctor. Well, it's it's being taught in some of the better medical schools now. The doctors that are out there now don't. I mean, you you say endocannabinoid system, and they don't have a clue. If a doctor knows anything, they're going to know two phytocannabinoids. They're going to know THC, of course. You know, that's oh my god, that's the scary one. And then cannabidiol, which is CBD, the CBD molecule. And that one, uh, people are actually coming around to, to the value of that one because that one is just incredible. I mean, it does basically everything. It's an antiviral, an antifungal, an antimalarial. It's got some anti um, carcinogen properties, it's a pain reliever. I mean, it it just goes on and on. Um, what CBD does?
0: Do you know what else it is, uh, David? It's an anti-pharmaceutical.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of these are anti-pharmaceuticals, and and I've got I've got actually six endocannabinoid phytocannabinoid equivalents. Um, the research up to now has has determined that there are two. My research. I I work with a laboratory in. Uh, in Indiana, they they do they have done some amazing things, you know, that's that's been kind of working with me. Essentially we've determined that, that there are four other phytocannabinoids that act on the same receptors as as the endocannabinoids we you know act on. And the beautiful thing is is you can you can determine things like okay like we've we already we've talked about thc and cbd i haven't even talked about the uh, properties of, of thc but we've talked about those two a little bit there are, there are four other phytocannabinoids and i've got the equivalent endocannabinoids too if you want to go that deep but one it's like like uh cbn the cbn molecule the thcv molecule which is really key um and then the CBC molecule, that's, that's your anti-cancer molecule. There's CBG, which just synergizes all the others. And the beautiful thing about this medicine is all of these molecules work together to make you feel better. It's not that, that approach of the, that the pharmaceutical industry has where, okay, well, you've got this symptom, you're in pain. Oh, here, here's your molecule. And then all that molecule has produced this side effect. Um, you've got some constipation because of that molecule. Oh well. Oh, here, here's your molecule, and then all oh, that molecule's created some depression. Oh well, here's your molecule. All oh, that molecule's winding you up so that you're, you're, you know, you're just going too fast. Oh well, here, here's your molecule, mm-hmm. and and the, the thing is, it's all because of it's because all because of economics. This whole, whole thing is all because that's how. I mean it's a beautiful business plan and once you get to, to that business plan and got it created then you can start to bully people you know you can bully doctors and you can, you can create your own paradigm your own world view of how medicine should be done and the thinking that, that Big Pharma has is that medicine should be done synthetically rather than naturally
0: one of the things I think which is works against uh, cannabis and the public acceptance of cannabis is the stoner mentality. And
1: yeah, see, that's yeah, that's that's an issue, and I kind of stay away from from that because I look at this as medicine, and I'm not really into the recreational scene. Uh, back in college, that that was kind of the the whole thing, um, you know, like. Bill Clinton, he didn't inhale. Well, in college, I inhaled deeply and frequently.
0: <laughs> David, I want to ask you a question about uh, your, your vaping. How often do you vape?
1: I, I generally medicate, uh, what, three times a day. Well, I started, do, I started medicating three times a day. I've gotten kind of so that I'm now medicating generally like twice a day. Because I've, I've stopped doing it so much in the evening. Uh, uh, the, the Indicas really, for me, the Indicas have not really helped me sleep. I, my, my mind just has a hard time shutting down. And so I, I, don't, I don't sleep well. And so I, I kind of, i dropped down to, to like twice a day where because essentially that's how I control my pain.
0: And tell, and tell, so, tell 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 uh, listeners the difference between the indica and sativa and how it impacts you.
1: Okay, well, all of this is 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 about body chemistry, and and for me, the the indicas don't work as well as the sativas. Other people really like the indicas because that's what their their body needs. You know, you you determine what strains work best for you, and and it's and it's it's a really interesting field because you can you can say okay like i can i can say well and i don't know if i'm answering questions the question right but i can say well sativas are generally thought to put you to sleep and that's because of of a particular molecule called mercine i look at this from a molecular approach so i i know what molecules what the what the individual molecules do and the sativas and indicas, the difference between a sativa and an indica is a sativa is more of an activating strain. When you want to be productive during the day and, you know, do what you need to do and, like I say, be productive, you medicate with a, with a sativa. In the evening when you want to relax, say you want to watch a, like a Netflix marathon, something like that. I used to watch a lot of breaking the, the show Breaking Bad and an indica is really good for just relaxation and just kind of hanging out. Indicas are usually thought to help you help you go to sleep and and they and they do because of the merc that that is you know the ratio of mercine that's prevalent in that strain.
0: You know one of the often asked questions that we get here is someone will send us an email saying, "My wife has breast cancer what sort what strain should I take?" Or my husband has prostate cancer. Correct?
1: Okay, well, cancer is a is a whole different thing because with with cancer, what you have to do is upregulate your endocannabinoid system. You need a lot of THC. There's something called Bico oils, uh, full extract cannabis oil. Sometimes they they call it Rick Simpson oil, and that that's really the key for cancer is to upregulate your system. And, and once you get that cancer, you know, killed off then what you have to do is bring your, your endocannabinoid system back down into balance. And then, then, you know, after you kill the cancer, then, yeah, you switch back to vaporization, or you switch to vaporization, but the key is to just, you know, get rid of that cancer. And once you do that, then you can bring your system back into balance. Okay, that's that's the way I look at, at things. Do you agree with me, Corey? Yeah, pretty
0: much, yeah. I certainly do
1: because because you've got you've got the experience.
0: Well, I've got the experience on the cancer end. Yeah, you're correct. Right, yeah, absolutely. Right. And you
1: did did didn't you do some stuff? I, I I only looked at your Facebook page yesterday. Didn't you you start out on the Rick Simpson oils? Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, and that that's that's the beautiful thing because you did ex- exactly right.
0: Well, I'm and glad because for, that's probably part of the reason I'm here. <laughs> right.
1: Right. So, yeah, you, you did exactly what, what you should have done. And, and, and the first thing that you did, I'll guarantee, you, the first thing that you did is you did your research. Am I correct in that?
0: Yeah, that's all I did day in, day out for weeks. Right, right. Yeah, 12, 14 hours a day.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what I do all day. Or, you know, every, every day, that's pretty much what I've been doing since, since uh, well, the past six years. Tell us a little about your book. Um, my book is, is, basically what it is, is it's, it's a textbook uh, for medical cannabis patients. It's called Medical Cannabis, the, the, the Definitive Guide. It's available on Amazon and Kindle. You can find it on my Facebook page. You can find a link to it on my Facebook page. You go to David A. Dawson. Make, make, make sure you put the A if you don't you're going to get to a photographer that, that this really cool photographer with with the same name i mean he's, he's just awesome he's an awesome guy
0: does he photograph uh, cannabis plants
1: uh no no <laughs> actually he, 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 he does some desert scenes and uh some some really really neat photos of buildings and stuff but 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 he's not you no, no. Yeah, you, you, you know, if you put the David A. Dawson in my profile uh, photo, has a picture of a Weimaraner dog.
0: Oh, okay, that's great. And
1: that's how you can find me. And I think my I think I I, I put the my my book on the first uh, section of the of the Facebook. Uh, Page, So you can just scroll down and, and it, it'll take you right to my book and a link to, to my book.
0: David, in your research uh, for your book, was there one thing that stood out for you about cannabis that, uh, that surprised you or you didn't know beforehand?
1: Well, I didn't know until about 2010. I wasn't aware of the endocannabinoid, phytocannabinoid equivalents. The thing with me was... I realized right early on that I'm not going to be allowed to study the phytocannabinoids. Okay, so I went after, I went after studying the endocannabinoids. And you can study the endocannabinoids easily. You know, just get a laboratory together and, and uh, you know, somebody that's willing to work with you that knows what they're doing about so that they can extract the endocannabinoids and you can work with the endocannabinoids. There's no problem there. And the beautiful thing about working with the endocannabinoids are the, the are that they they are the exact same molecule as the phytocannabinoids. So you're actually working with both, except you're not working with cannabis plant because, oh my God, it's it, you know that's the that's the demon weed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> David, in because of your condition, muscular dystrophy, uh, you, I'm sure, run into other patients who have the same problem as you do. Do they show any interest in taking cannabis?
1: My patients come to me because I, well, in Illinois, see, I've just moved out of Illinois. That's what I'm doing in, in Portland right now is looking for like housing and that sort of thing. But uh, in Illinois, yeah, they came to me because I, I was the guy that knew how to get certified, and I was the guy that that could tra- that was training uh, the physicians. You know, in Illinois, that's that's what people came to me for because I knew how to how to treat, you know, treat patients with with you know the variety of conditions that Illinois allows. Which right now are like forty different conditions, so I, I can treat. Now I can't diagnose. I don't diagnose, and that's what differences, differences, or differentiates or differentiates me from from a you know a physician is because I don't diagnose and I don't do surgery. All I do is really treat specific medical conditions.
0: Have you seen many people turn around a condition and make a remarkable uh, uh, change in their life?
1: Oh, oh, uh, sure. I mean, this is this is. It's not me that does it. It's 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 the medicine. And what what happens with the medicine is it produces it, it produces kind of a sense of well being simply because. And the reason that that happens is because. People come to me, like, say, with fibromyalgia or, you know, cancer, you know, muscular dystrophy or whatever the condition might be, chronic pain, and they, they would come to me and their endocannabinoid system is out of whack. And, the, and it's out of whack because they're not – the body is not producing one particular – usually at least one particular endocannabinoid in appropriate amounts – and so what you can do is you can say, well, there there are strains that have that particular endocannabinoid, phytocannabinoid, or that particular phytocannabinoid, which is the equivalent of the endocannabinoid. I don't know if that made sense because it, it kind of got, I mean, this whole thing gets so convoluted sometimes. But if, if say, like somebody with diabetes, what, what they're lacking is, is, An endocannabinoid called called barotamine. Okay, Mm -hmm. and the equivalent of barotamine is um, the THCB molecule, tetrahydra uh, Okay, it's the THCB molecule. So, what you can do is you can say, okay, well, you've got diabetes you're lacking in the THCV molecule, so we'll, we'll get the phytocannabinoid that has a high proportion of, of the THCV molecule and treat you that way. And, and so what we can do is we can get you, uh, you know, get that straight, that molecule straightened out in your body. We can get you some more verotamine, the endocannabinoid. And then, of course, there's, there's pain issues that deal with, with diabetes, that that come from diabetes as well and diabetic neuropathy you know that sort of thing and that that generally is treated by another molecule the THC molecule and so that and that molecule treats pain but but the key is and I I think I mentioned this early on is that that um, virotamine and the THCV molecule those are, that's key, and and the reason is because the THCB molecule and virotamine, they are what are referred to as inhibitors at the receptor. And that just simply means that rather than giving you the munchies, which a lot of the cannabinoids will do, the THCB molecule, it actually inhibits appetite. So it treats, you know, that, particular aspect of, of diabetes you see what i'm saying
0: yeah gotcha okay david in conclusion is there anything you'd like to tell listeners
1: well just basically i guess do your research um and and my book medical cannabis definitive guide it's a textbook for the uh for the medical cannabis patient uh, it it, it t- discusses proper dosing techniques how to select the molecules that you need for your particular medical condition, that sort of thing. It's got a section in there about, or well, a chapter in there about various specific medical conditions and how to treat using cannabis, that sort of thing. So, but that's the book. It's it's a textbook for medical cannabis patients. Medical cannabis: the definitive guide. The other thing I wanted to, to kind of. Uh, talk about is a project that I'm going on that I've got going on now and that's that's here in, in Oregon where we're where we're, we're setting up a health and wellness retreat kind of a resort that's based around a variety of, of therapeutic approaches to the healthcare industry we're, we're doing some stuff with yoga we've actually are, have a, a teacher that's coming from the yoga Center out of all we have a dietary approach we have a world renowned chef that's that's going to be teaching some classes in healthy you know diet diets how to create healthy dishes that are you know appetizing and that sort of thing we'll have acupuncturists massage therapists and we're adding like flotation therapies and that sort of thing and doing some amazing things with, with prosthetics and genetics. There are really so many opportunities in the healthcare industry, in addition to, 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 to the 420, the cannabis thing. And so what we, what we have going on is an integrative approach to medicine and, and it's, it's gonna be groundbreaking. I, I, I can pretty much guarantee it. It's just gonna be groundbreaking.
0: David, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for this, and uh, all the best in the future.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: I enjoyed it. Thank you very much, David. And just before we sign off, Corey and I would like to remind you that if you'd like us to continue these podcasts, if you think they are of some value, please go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And make a donation, make a pledge. The donation can be big or small, a one-time donation, or a monthly donation, whatever you like. All donations are gratefully appreciated. Help us in our mission to help others. Wherever you are in the world, thank you very much for your support, and thank you for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com.
1: Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of
0: marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn
1: so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we break, break it, it all down. down.